Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Coming home for Christmas. It sounds so lovely on the face of it, doesn't even the phrase coming home for Christmas. But of course, the reality for returning emigrants uh, can be a bit more complicated. We saw them all arriving delighted at the airport on the news last night. And you're thinking, yes, yes, you're delighted now. Like, but fast forward four days and see where everyone's at. So Fiona O'Brien is a comedian living in Toronto and Seamus O'Reilly is a writer living in London. And guys, both of you are home for Christmas and welcome home. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, so Fiona, you're from, you're home from Toronto. Yeah. And you're home with your kids. Yeah. And you have three siblings all around the world as well, also home with kids and accoutrements and everything. Yeah. I've, my sister lives in America. She just arrived in this morning at 7 a.m. Okay. And uh, nobody there to collect her this morning. <laughs> she had to get a taxi home. <laughs> was she expecting to be on the news? Oh, I think she was. Her She'd had her hair done and everything. You know? <laughs> so, so, and you all stay in the mammy's house, all, yeah? We're all at mom. It's like Grand Central Station. I got in Thursday morning at 5 a.m. I have slept about six hours since because it's a constant stream of family and friends and aunts and cousins and everyone in and out. Okay, so so paint me the picture then of how it works with everybody uh, setting themselves up in the mother's house. Like, it's not easy. Yeah. Right. So my sister, because she emigrated to America in the eighties, and she's the eldest. She did very well for herself. Has a good All job. Right, yeah. So okay. she in the family is known as Dollars. So <laughs> Why overcomplicate things? Right, yeah. yeah. So Dollars gets the best bedroom and her kids all get the best stuff as well. And <laughs> I see. And then there's uh, my older brother, uh, Eamon, and he will be over staying over Christmas Eve and Christmas night, you know, because we'll have a few drinks. So we'll all stay in the house. And then I've my twin brother and he stays in the house a lot with my mom. So the brothers live in Ireland and myself and my sister are away. They must love you coming home and, and practicing this radical honesty of going on the radio and, and laying out the picture to everyone, do they? I could be about to ruin Christmas for my whole family today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And come here, you're known as Dr. Phil, I believe, in the family. Oh, for God. Listen, I started doing therapy in Toronto, as most people in North America are in therapy, right? Yeah. And I came home and I tried to set a few boundaries. Boundaries. And oh I yeah! I don't know if anyone's ever tried to set a boundary in a working class Irish family. <laughs> so now they don't listen to me and call me Dr. Phil. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, everyone loves the person who comes home and who has been like enlightened yeah. about like what what, what healthy family kind yeah. of communication is like. And they're all like, no, no, no. We just don't talk about things. Do you not get it? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. do you understand? This is where we are all trauma bonded here. <laughs> So Seamus then, people know a little bit about your family and your 10 siblings. So uh, not as easy for you all to get home at the same time. You practice a kind of a rota system now, do you? We do. It's a, it is rotation, basically. Um, so for the first few years that I was, uh, you know, I'd left at 18 or whatever, we come back a bit more regularly. But because there's so many of us, there's famously 11 of us and uh, our house just became too small because you know people gathered partners and children and so now usually there'll be a few people back but uh, and then I went to go back uh, for I got to spend a few days there a couple of weeks ago which was quite nice but on my own which is even better Oh, yeah, I think that's a nice way of doing it. And sometimes I think the parents, uh, your father in this case, appreciate it more to kind of have the bit of one-on-one staggered. I mean, I'd, I'd say so. And also because, I mean, I'm probably the favourite child 
Yeah, um, okay. because of my massive status in the media industry and everything. Okay, you showed them all in your yeah. family. Yeah, and I've, I've got the ear of the national press, so he can't say anything else. Um, but he, he, I think he did appreciate that it was, it, you know, it could be quite overstimulating for the parent, you know, in this case as well. Yeah. Um, and certainly for his two gigantic dogs. Um, so having that little bit of alone time, just me and him and uh, my sister and her husband were, were there as well. And obviously the two giant dogs. It was quite nice. Um, and also you get a lot of attention just for you. It's not being split mm-hmm. among all those lesser siblings that, you know, yeah, I you know he you. probably doesn't even want to see, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure whoever's there in front of him at any one time <laughs> is, is the absolute favourite and focus of his attention. You were operating, did you operate two Christmases at one stage? There was then? a point, yeah, we had Christmas two. I mean, we, a little <laughs> bit like dollars, we kind of call it like we see it, um, where we would have, you know, such an arrangement where, okay, we can have Shane and, uh, and, and Maeve and their families are here at this day, but they actually have to take off on the 27th. But on the 28th, Dara and Maraid and her. So we started working out, okay, well, we're going to have two completely non-overlapping Christmases except for my dad and whoever was there behind we would get treated to two full Christmas dinners um, and your dad's the only one who has to do two Christmases really the rest you just do the one and head off yeah and I would say that my dad is he's been reaping the benefits of having quite a hectic uh, parenting life now where we you know we do a lot for him and we, we, we treat, him, treat him as much as we can but I'd say that having two fully manufactured Christmas dinners uh, was not easy and we probably didn't take into account how much of a stress that was because especially those of us who happen to be home for both like I always made myself as a poor student okay, I was yeah. I was living high on the hog I was having <laughs> you know two completely huge Christmas dinners um, as the song goes I wish it could be Christmas every day <laughs> yeah. once every was. four days that'll do and and listen how, how's this sibling thing down at Christmas because obviously on one hand uh our siblings know us better than anybody else like and on the other hand then you know we like to think we grow and become other people and they in another way they don't know us at all or don't accept us for who we have become well, maybe I think what Fiona said really stru- stuck, struck me because we just saw this happen 11 times where someone would go off and they'd be you know in, in college or in work and they'd be you know enlightened as you say or they'd come back with some sort of notions like I don't know, food that wasn't boiled. And, you know, they get relatively short shrift. And then the, the problem was it was always in the post. So I'd be sitting there at 15 watching these people come home from London and Glasgow and Nottingham and wherever. And then thinking there, just they've got notions. Yeah. And then suddenly I'd go off and I'd come back and I'd be going for a run. <laughs> and I'd be the one my dad saying why are you going for a run you know as, as if I would, I'd converted to Satanism yeah. and as well it happens to us all and you just get to watch it and it keeps you humble I guess yeah. um, but, but you have to realise that if you've had enough easy goes or enough uh, goes of it so I've had I'm the ninth in line so seeing my eight siblings each fall mm-hmm. at the hurdle of notions and yeah, no, yeah. It, it was it was my turn one, at yeah. one point to uh, Fiona, I think sometimes as well, those of us who stayed here don't realise how big uh, an effort it can be for people to come home from, like in your case, pack up the kids, come from Canada yeah. and everything. And then and then like you come and it's not actually, it's not exactly a holiday, is it? Like? Oh, it's not. And you know what, the price of the flights and then they expect presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you're joking me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy going and you come home and, and it's just chaos and they're like oh you're home it's kind of like that they want 
to I don't know they're expecting something different to what I'm experiencing this is yeah. my they think it's my holiday it's not a holiday you're home oh, and no. you're doing like yeah. I had my mom had and you have no base either do you really like you have no car yeah. you have no base you're at the mercy of your mother I love my mom hi mom she's wonderful <laughs> but you're you're dancing to her tune do you know what I mean yeah yeah well it's yeah. her house and, that, and I get I, it I know yeah yeah but that's I, I, difficult I'd imagine when, when you're, you're an adult. a householder of your own <laughs> right. children and, and you've been managing a life perfectly fine I'm sure out in Canada exactly and the, the yeah. three teenagers are like who do we listen to our nana or our mom oh, <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. God, it's, it's all coming out here you are going to have to go back there after this I know just, I'm just saying bear it in mind <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to censor you in any way but uh, they, I, I'll be gone I know. out of your life and the people Listen, you'll be gone. You and your family are still going to be there. Um, Seamus, can you relate to that? The kind of no base, the blow up beds. Where are you going to go? And I find as well that people, the people who are home visiting, always stay everywhere a bit too long because you realise they've nowhere, nowhere else to go. Yeah, and I think where we currently are, my my wife and I and our two kids is uh, with her mum uh, and dad in. Uh, in Dublin so that's become our kind of more recent base mm. and yeah we definitely uh, stay uh, over long I think there was the year that we all got COVID and we ended up our, oh, man. our Christmas trip was I think it was just shy of two and a half months we got there like early mid-December and I think we left uh, Valentine's Day so pretty much <laughs> a very very long time and obviously there was the Con- the what's the word complication of COVID but uh, yeah I'd say they were fairly glad to see see the end of us as much as they do adore us um, yeah, yeah, uh, but we take up a lot of space yeah and they are, our children are obviously delightful uh, but uh, <laughs> Sean and Marion are saintly for putting up with uh, the two of us to, to begin with but uh, certainly the, the whippersnappers can be a lot of work How, how are they you, your Canadians are teenagers now yes. are they how, yeah. how are they fitting in in the mammy's house well, it's we left Ireland. They were three, five, and seven when we left, and now they have full Canadian accents. Yeah, and my mom, yeah, well, and my brothers all. Well, no, I just, I'll just interrupt you. Say I don't know if you've noticed, but most yeah. of the teenagers here have kind of quasi North American <laughs> yeah. accents. I swear anyway, to God, fit right in. when we were actually leaving Ireland in 2012, as the wheels were leaving the tarmac in Dublin, my daughter had a Canadian accent. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> she was straight into it. Um, yeah, so so it's so weird for they come home and everyone still expects them to have the Irish accents and they don't. Yeah. You know, and my and my youngest would go up to my mom and be like he'd be like, Nana, are my pants in the laundry? <laughs> and my mom is like, What's that child saying to me? You know? And it's like I live with three exchange students. So, you know I'm like, they are mine, but I don't know why they talk like this. <laughs> so you suddenly see their foreignness when you bring them yes. home and you and you revert, but and they kind of don't like Yeah, I'm yeah. like, who are <laughs> Who brought them? <laughs> uh, Seamus, I think you you are, uh, I think maybe it happens a lot of us when we become fathers or something. You you are sentimental though about the magic of Christmas, are you? Yeah, I would say so. I'm a giant child about it. I still get very Christmassy and I love all that stuff. Um, and also having, you know, in my case, my son is five. So he's really in the prime magic moment so it's it's great he is a you know he's a personal relationship with Santa and everything and it's uh, it's been really really lovely seeing that stuff kind of grow and grow over the last year or two years because earlier than that they're not really sure what's going on Uh, but like it does it imbues it with a a whole lot more joy and the fact that 
uh, we always go back to Ireland for it and he's not yet uh, whinging and moaning and complaining yeah, why am I being yeah. taken away from London and all this stuff yeah. um, but he does have a little a delightful little English accent um, as you were describing and sometimes you're like oh he's English I keep forgetting <laughs> he's also he's kind of coming up to the age now that you were when your mother That's died right. which is kind of yes. poignant I so imagine. my mum died when I was five so it'll be in the next few months um, and it's one of those things where I didn't grow up because my, my mum died when I was so little I didn't grow up like a Christmas is having that being a big sort of checkpoint like oh I wish specifically that you know that mammy was here uh, simply because a tradition of it hadn't been established yeah. you know it was different maybe for my older siblings etc um, and the only time that that's kind of started to come back has been now that I've got my own kids and I'm like oh yeah this is oh it'd be nice for me to have had me there yeah, if you know what I mean yeah, 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 um, course, so that's yeah. kind of bittersweet but it's it's kind of, it kind of makes it more profound as well so um, yeah, I I do get quite sentimental at Christmas, so long may it continue. I think when my when I've, I'm finally too black-hearted to get sentimental about it, I'll be it'll be time to pack everything up. Yeah. Yeah. But come here, if a fair play to your dad, like managing yeah. on his own with eleven. You have a story in your book about the like most people are moaning about one Christmas concert or two Christmas <laughs> concerts. You have to go to tell, tell us about the Christmas concerts. Yes, so we very much thought of ourselves as being in the heart of show business. <laughs> so we, uh, every one of us. So my my mum and dad themselves weren't particularly musical, but for whatever reason, uh, they were very very keen that we would you know, sing and dance and, and play every instrument going and, you know, it's only as an adult you start realising how did they afford any of it? How did they bring us to all this stuff? So we were always in choirs, always in things and particularly on Christmas periods, you know, there'd be different masses, different pantos, different things and on one particularly memorable occasion, uh, my brother Shane, I think, was singing at the three masses on the one day. That's <laughs> the 10, the 11 and the 12, 15. <laughs> and head counts got twisted and my dad's taken us all in from the minibus, which we're gathered. So we're, he's going to three masses apart from anything else. I mean, that to me is, you know, military service. But yeah. And we've all just been going back and forth and someone's coming in with a violin someone else is dressed as a bumblebee for some panto <laughs> and they're coming in and they're, we're literally halfway home before... Shane looks around and realises and says, we've got Dervla. <laughs> we've got Dervla. And so, you know, my mum my had probably passed like, uh, you know, a, f- a few years earlier at this point. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to get back there and the priest is going to be there with Dervla and it's going to be like, oh, these poor grief mad O'Reilly's, they can't even count themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh God, that'll be the worst. So he get, finally gets there and uh, discovers that Dervla's not with the priest. Uh, but nor is she alone uh, because I was standing completely unmissed <laughs> beside her. So, <laughs> the unknown unknown. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly I should have been dressed as a bumblebee uh, yeah. to be more memorable. That's, that, that's not good for your ego, is it? Yeah. No, everything else has been a reaction to that, I would say, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Well, you, you, I think you're doing fine, right? I think you're, you're going to get over that eventually. Um, Fiona, um, not to dwell on sadness, but yeah. I think it, it, it is a kind of... a, a a thing in Irish life as well and for immigrants your dad died while you were in Canada and you got that call that everyone living abroad dreads yeah and and everyone dreads it and it's a part of when you leave you try not to think about it because it can happen it's reality and I was actually I was doing a show and I came off stage to a message from my sister and and she just said is there anybody with you and can you call home and oh my stomach went you know and I was like what? And I actually, and 
by luck that night a bunch of friends had come to the comedy gig because I would have been on my own yeah. and I live about an hour away from where I do the shows out, outside of Toronto and luckily I had friends with me and I went up and I called her and, and then she told me and then there was a mad scramble to book a flight home the next day and then I had to get somebody to mind the kids for me while I was gone and it was just it's such a blur mm. and I didn't I was in such shock and I got I remember checking in and getting the, onto the flight um, and I remember flying home and landing and everything just happening really, really quickly. And it's so heartbreaking. I just flying back over the Atlantic going, you know, I didn't say goodbye and, you know, I'm never going to see them again. Yeah. And it, it's really, really tough when you're I've away. I've heard a good few friends talk about that flight. Often people are on their own, like, and yes. you have all this long period of time to and, and I was. your head. Yeah. And all these other people are on the flight and you're like, no one knows what's yeah. just happened to me. And you don't want to go up and tell anybody, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't cry. And it was only when I got to Ireland and I saw my family then that it hit you. I, you're just kind of going through the motions. You're yeah. just putting one step foot in front of the other and getting on with it. But then when you get home and into the arms of your family, you know, then the grief yeah. took over. And listen, um, you divided him up. He's, sti- <laughs> he's still with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to be cremated. And um, so my mom sent me, I have a twin brother um, and he, as he calls himself, the funny twin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my mom sent uh, my funny twin down to the funeral directors to pick up dad's ashes. And so Colin puts him in the car, puts the seatbelt on him, takes a photo of him, <laughs> drives to the house and comes in. And my mom's like, what's going on? And he's like, what? Here's dad. No, no, no. He's supposed to be in five different lovely little teardrop statues that we'd bought to divide them up so we could all have a piece of them, you know? Yeah. And so Colin had to put him back in the car, seatbelt on, back to the funeral directors. And the funeral director, obviously, to just take him out the back and funnel him into yeah, five yeah, little yeah, statues. Yeah, 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 but you weren't going to do the funnel yourselves. <laughs> My like mother it. was not going yeah, to funnel yeah. him, right? <laughs> so listen, uh, just to finish up, you see, there's people listening now thinking, well, if, it's, if, if, they, if they find it so hard and everything, why do they keep coming? Do you ever think like, nah, I'm not going to come this year? Does something draws you back, is there? It's, it's, I would come back here in a heartbeat and I love coming home for Christmas. It's magical for us. Even the teenagers, all they want to do is be in Ireland for Christmas. Yeah, you and see, with that's the family. It. That's it. Yeah. So we look, we can laugh and joke about all the other stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like pe- the people who live here then every year, we all kind of say next year, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to go away at Christmas or I'm going to, you know, go go to a hotel. That's or the thing. No can, one ever does. I can never understand that. When people yeah. do a destination Christmas, I'm like, maybe I am just uh, like a, just far too set in my own ways. But the idea of being in hot weather for Christmas or even just basically just not being in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm too set in my ways. I can't, I, I can't imagine not doing it. But my wife does occasionally say, well, you know, we live in London. Maybe we have a London Christmas. And I'm like, I'm just going to bat that conversation away for as long yeah. as I can because yeah. uh, no, I wouldn't change it no and it's expensive alright and we, so we promised the kids every two years we'd come for Christmas and so obviously it's our turn again and they're over the moon and they just want to be in their nanas and see their granny yeah. who lives down the road and all okay. the food and everything you know Guys, thanks a million. Um, Fiona, you're, you're in trouble, Seamus. I'd say you're all right. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of Christmas. Fiona O'Brien and Seamus O'Reilly, thank you both. Happy Christmas. Text 51551. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1.